No, fear is I am not no longer, I don't have fear. I call it a challenge. Because when you have a fear, usually you have also a choice. Is it really as bad as we think? Then is there a backup plan, a contingency plan? What if this doesn't work? Do we have an A, B, C, D plan? Hello and welcome to the Kamalife Podcast. Today, we have with us the Managing Director of FAI, Rent-A-Jet. She has held this position for 11 years. She is a mother of two boys and the only woman in C-suite in aviation. Under her leadership, she has grown the company to become the market leader for air ambulances in the Gulf region. She was awarded the Outstanding Employee Award by Mam Talakat. She is the member of Investment Committee of Mindshift Capital. It is the only female-led venture capital fund in Middle East and invests in women startups. Please welcome Barbara Baumgartner on the Come Alive podcast. Thank you for being with us, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me, Meha. Such a pleasure. Thank you for your time and I'm super grateful and excited to start our conversation. So tell us a little bit about your beginnings. What got you to UAE? It's actually a longer story. The dream of, I, I come from Austria. I was born and raised in Austria, in Tyrol, in, in a very picturesque place in the mountains of Austria. And my parents always used to say, you don't need to go anywhere else because this is the most beautiful place you can be. So we didn't travel. And of course, being young and energetic and curious, I always wanted to see the world. Of course, Austria is known for its tourism. And we also rented apartments at home and welcomed a lot of people from all around the world, which again increased my curiosity and my desire to leave the world. When I met, uh, to leave the world in, I was living in at that time. I met my husband um, when I was working with Swarovski in Austria. Swarovski is an Austrian company close by my home. And, um, and he told me the desire to move abroad. And I just joined him. That was 1997. My husband uh, took on the position of CEO of uh, Swarovski in the Middle East, built up the company in the Middle East. Yeah, and since the past 25 years, we have been living here happily together. That brought us to the Middle East. So beautiful. It's amazing. And I want to tell you on this note that Austria is my personal favorite destination. And along with my kids, the time we went there, it was so magical. I mean, we can never forget that trip. So that's amazing that you come from Austria. And uh, what did you do when you came to uh, Dubai? How did it start? How did you start your journey and career here in Dubai? I could have worked with Swarovski, because, but I didn't want to have my husband as a boss, as you can all remember. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I have a background, a legal background in business administration, and I spoke a few languages. And I got to know the... I got to know a business conglomerate in Saudi Arabia, the son of an ex-oil minister, who were looking for analysts and somebody to run their family office. I was only 25 years, but uh, I liked numbers and I was very curious. And I met uh, the son of the sheikh in, uh, in Dubai and um, we connected instantly. I started the job as an analyst and three months later I took on the role as head of family office. 
by just doing things differently, looking at companies, how they were doing, giving recommendations. And we developed this nice relationship where he would give me certain lectures out of experience and also take my brain as a young energetic person and with different views. And it was a very nice journey. And that's actually was my first entry into the Middle East. I have worked in this position for five years. I was in charge for aircraft, yacht acquisition, but also, of course, the private wealth management of the family, private equity, uh, venture capital uh, fund deals. Beautiful. And that led you to being the managing director? And then my first son was born. He was a premature baby. I had to actually quit that job. It was all oh. very difficult, but not really too difficult because uh, I can never sit still. I always want to do something meaningful. It's very meaningful to be a mother. It's very meaningful to spend a lot of time with your child. But as you know, babies also sleep a lot, right? And, uh, and I got restless. And... Um, went to an exhibition and met the owner of uh, FAI Ventajet. It's a German company, German-owned company, and meanwhile also Bahrain government-owned company. And uh, we were just having a nice chat how to conquer the Middle East. They didn't have any business in the Middle East. And of course, I would tell him, what do you need? I have all the connections. I work for an ex-oil minister's family. On government levels, it's a very easy entry. And the rest we can do together. And this was the start. I was actually sitting with him, giving him you know, warm recommendations when he said, no, I want you to do it for me. And this is how actually 20 years ago, I started to work with FAI. I built up the company and the business in the Middle East. And when the growth was very significant, we had to, of course, open an office and hire people and just grow the business. And that's where we are still in. So I'm very happy about that journey, actually. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. So uh, let me take you to that uh, place where uh, you were a mother of a premature uh, baby, a boy. Uh, so how did you feel that time? And what was that transition that you made and you said, no, let me go ahead and now start again because you really loved what you did or you enjoyed being out there contributing to companies and, you know, um, I guess uh, sharing your experiences. So how was it that time? Like what, what was that shift that you made? Because so many times you know we as mothers have guilt we're not able to take that step the leap of faith that it'll all be fine it'll fall in place so tell me a little bit about that time of your journey i think that guilt was there because i still believe my son was born uh, two months early because i worked too hard i didn't have or didn't give myself enough time but this is me always trying to be perfectionist and pleasing everybody around me it's not you know time management is, is a very important part in life but, um, you know, he was born healthy. He was just tiny in an incubator, but generally he was, he was healthy. And I just pledged myself, I need to be with my children. I wanted children so badly and I need to give them the warmth. But at the same time, I also have to find my own happiness. What makes me happy? It makes me happy to, to do different things, giving back, doing something meaningful. For me, like now running an aviation company, which not only does the luxury travels of the VVIPs and high net worth individuals, but also, as you mentioned, uh, we are the market leader in air ambulance. So we are in the humanitarian field. We help other people, families who have a critical um, family member who needs a treatment abroad, sometimes life-saving, sometimes because the treatment is not available here, sometimes because it was just a second choice. 
So um, entering that field gave me a lot of satisfaction because I would do something very meaningful, as I call it, with my time. At the same time, have the challenge to build something up by my own. I have always been a person, I don't like to be dependent, dependent on financially dependent. So my husband was always very protective, but still I always want to be on my own feet. And that's how it started. And the owner said, you can work from home. You can go on vacation whenever you want. You just give me the results. That all, that's all that I care. So what was nice that immediately we had this trust and confidence that he is result, the company is result oriented. They give me a lot of freedom and the rest I have to manage. And this was just wonderful for me being a young mom because I could start working from home and be with my children and have a look at them while I still worked. Yeah, it's so inspirational. I mean, even the leader, the ability to say that to you, it's like so culture driven and uh, value focused. Like the way he said that, you know, give me the results and you do what you want. That's so amazing. And I also feel that when we are determined, everything else falls in place. What's your take on that? Because you were determined, you want to serve both, right? Your family and yourself. And I, I fully agree. I think a little bit, it's also the passion because I always wanted to become a doctor, but I, you know, studied law and <laughs> have the background in business administration, but I'm very intrigued by medical scientific uh, readings and everything. At the same time, I always had dreams that a child, I want to fly. Flying was important for me, flying, the feeling of freedom to, to meet other people, to go to other places. And I think when I met the owner, there was this passion that came through that, you know, as you know, when you interview somebody, it's about your capabilities, it's about your attitude, about uh, your certain records, but it's also if somebody really wants something. And if this feeling gets through to somebody, I think they're quite open. And they had tried to enter the market uh, two, three attempts with other models corporations of agencies and larger companies, but they were not successful. And he just felt maybe in the Middle East it's different. Maybe the warm introductions, maybe the connections, maybe a woman can change it. Why not? So far he had only worked with men. I love it. I love how he gave you the opportunity and you prove yourself. It's so beautiful. It's so, so beautiful. So what keeps you going? Like what are, like, what is it that keeps you growing and going? So since 11 years you've been the managing director of this uh, company here in the UAE. So what keeps you going and how did you grow uh, into that? And of course, you have a successful uh, family life. You have your two amazing boys, your husband. Um, so how does that work for you to have it all? I know a lot of people I speak to, women I speak to, they, they hold themselves in terms of they don't let them grow themselves grow so much because they feel they can't have it all. But I, when I speak to women like you, you have it all. What, what would you like to share with people on that? Mayor, these are a lot of questions. <laughs> Let's start <laughs> one by one. I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> I think, first of all, I like challenges okay. and I easily get bored. Now, with my work, where every case is not the same, as you can imagine, we fly young babies, we fly elderly people who want to fly home to, to spend their last days with their families. Yeah. We do life-saving missions, we do, you know, in COVID, as you know, you know, repatriating people to their home country. So you never get bored in that business. And of course, we are growing, we have new employees, so I constantly have to give my uh, expertise to my employees. That keeps me going, makes me happy. At the same time, I'm the mother of two sons, Marquez and Lucas. Marquez is 20, Lucas is 17. Wow. And these boys, 
challenge me um, from an intellectual perspective and I like that. And for me to keep up with it, as you know, I'm also an investment com committee of MindShift Capital. And um, we study about 1,000 deals a year, which means 1,000 applications of startups who want our funding. They apply on our platform and we, we study and decide if we want to invest in this company or support it or that company. What keeps me going, because this is this learning journey, as you know, especially after COVID digitization and also the millennials, yes. the Gen Z generation, yes. A lot of values, a lot of behavior has changed. Correct. It was very important for me that um, even though my kids are obviously 20, 30 years younger than I am, um, I keep up with them by knowing about the latest tech, by knowing what is going on in the world, uh, where are the latest inventions, and, uh, and sharing it with them and being, letting them also have being part of that part of life. Because as you know, my son studies engineering. He's very curious what happens in certain engineering fields. Or the younger one is very much about uh, uh, wellness, prevention, healthcare. So we have a lot of these topics at home. And I just love to have uh, meaningful discussions with my children, be on top of the game, and not just being the boring mom that gives them nice meals. But I always wanted to be just a little bit more than that. That's so beautifully put. I love it. And I feel the same. I feel the same when I do these several things, these several roles in my life. Um, I, I have this podcast. I have written a book. Uh, I manage uh, my family business. When I do all of those things, that's exactly how I feel. I feel I'm able to contribute more to my kids when I become more, when I do more, when I challenge myself. I feel I'm able to contribute more, not only to them, to myself, but to also my team. So that's exactly what you said so beautifully. But then, Meher, I think we have to say everybody is different. What yes. works for me might not, not work, work for others. I agree. When you say you have it all, I wanted it the way it is now. I spend a lot of time. I don't have weekends where I just do nothing. Of course, on weekends, I have to be there for my team as well if any emergencies happen. This is part of our, our deal. But also, I use my weekends to study, to meet with uh, female founders, to study deals, to work on reports, to have team calls. But it makes me happy because it gives me so much. It's, it's ongoing and the education. It's learning, relearning, reflecting, speaking to other people. It gives uh, a lot back. But one has to be willing to invest all this time and energy to reach there. And that's when I said it's not everybody's cup of, of tea, course, as we they say, could want right? Something else. So I it's agree. you have to work hard for it, but then you have to also be able to enjoy it. And I, I do both. Awesome, I love it. And how is how does it feel to be the only uh, women in uh, C-suite in the region in the Middle East? Of course, twenty years ago when I started, uh, it was very different because I didn't have a track record. The company was not known. And we had to start from the beginning, but I'm a character. I like to accomplish the unaccomplished. I like challenges. If you tell me can't be done, then I like it even more. So I don't have this fear of starting something new. And I'm quite strategic. Like in my daily life, I always say it feels like playing chess for the whole day, putting out the strategies and thinking ahead. But I think that's, that's just extremely important to have goals and to, to plan how to reach them. But then also to set aside what makes you happy and 
how does it blend in with family life and with the rest of the people around you who care and who you care about? I think that's very important. That's awesome. And what would be your definition of self-love then, since we are on this topic of enjoying what you do? How do you view self-love in your paradigm of life? Self-love, you mean what makes me happy? Yeah, so it could be your definition. So it could be what makes you happy and you are able to pursue that. What makes me happy if the people around me whom I care are happy. If I attend an event of a friend and that friend is not happy, I'm not happy. I think if I am um, part of a group, I'm generally, I like to assist or be surround myself with the people who are always weaker in a group to help them and to blend in. Although I'm quite tough as a business leader, I think I'm quite um, emotional and quite passionate. And I like to read people and I like to give back. For me, it's immense pleasure when recently I attended my friend's Nita's birthday party and the warm hug that I got in front of everybody. It was not being part of the group. It was this warmth where somebody is just so happy to be with you. And if I can achieve this with friends and with family, that, that's, that's an utmost giving. And I give back in order to achieve that. I want to be there for my sons when the eldest one is grown up. If he needs anything, he can always reach out to me. I want to be there for my family. I want to be there for my friends, but also for my employees. Sometimes difficult to be the boss and at the same time trying to come across as a colleague who cares and who thinks about you even after work. Have you reached home safely? You were very tired. Why you want to drive to Abu Dhabi? Just take a room. We'll pay for it. I don't want you to have an issue on the road. There are so many considerations. I think we as moms and as women always have a look at the broader picture because that's how we are raised, right? And that's how we maintain it. a healthy family life and that's how we can maintain a healthy uh, business life also with my all my employees and I think that's self-love but of course we can only do it if we take care about ourselves absolutely and this is a journey that it's not always perfect we know it but uh, I've only maybe three four years ago started with meditation and yoga and I think it's the most beautiful time of the day when at 6 or 6 30 in the morning I'm in my garden practicing yoga and meditation gives me so much energy and calms and and then the day just starts differently and I think that was also part of my journey or when it's very stressful in order to be able to control yourself perfectly try to sleep eat healthy and uh, if if there is anything that didn't go well that day discuss it with everybody involved and leave the day when everything is sorted out only I think these are some parameters that are very important for me in life that's so beautiful, such an amazing sharing. And uh, like you very well said, when you take care of yourself, then you're able to take care of others better. And that is the purest form of self-love. I love it. So what else do you do as a female leader in this position? I, I would love to know more because my second book is about, the working title is Love and Leadership. How we are able to love our employees with compassion, empathy, and how to lead with love, which really impacts the bottom line. When I think the saying goes, culture beats strategy any day of the week. So how do you, how do you cultivate this in your organization? It's not only my organization, I think it's my life. Wow. Uh, by saying, so there is FAI, we, I've hired a lot of female uh, colleagues, Beautiful. because as you know, sometimes females are not easily 
um, recruited into certain uh, positions and I support that a lot. But secondly, I think also in my role with Mindshift Capital. Mindshift Capital where we only invest in, in female-led or co-led startups in the Middle East and mainly in, in the USA, few also in Asia, but always a, with a global outlook. So basically giving back uh, love leadership is supporting founders by investing in their money in, in their company, support, supporting founders by investing in their company, giving back by taking on board um, member roles or advisory roles, and most importantly, uh, mentorships. I think uh, having been in the region for 25 years and working with um, all different levels of government and, and corporates and high net worth individuals, I have a vast network of contacts, business contacts, Besides, I have developed, you know, sales in, in this region and I, I just know how it works. I know the culture, the mentality, and I want to give back by just coaching this woman, supporting them by through Mindshift Capital, investing in them and growing them. And I think that's, that makes me pretty happy because we mean we'll have a portfolio of 15 companies in our first fund. And um, in our first year, I'm very, very happy to share that, which was a COVID year. We finished the year 2020 with an IRR of 49%. And wow. it shows that women can rock. Although, as you know, or might um, not know, women who present statistics from PitchBook and McKinsey, women, female startups represent 30 to 50% of the startups in the U.S., Yet, they only have access to 3% of the venture capital funding. Diverse yes, teams, women and male, only have access to 15% of the funding. And the rest goes to all male-only yeah. teams. Now, I think there is, and, and we, we, it's, it's an arbitrage. There is, on one hand, helping the women, on the other hand, uh, we have these amazing tech uh, startups, women-led or co-led, in, uh, in, in food tech, fintech, health tech, or the ed tech, that's the sectors where we're investing in, but they don't have access to funds, which, of course, they tend to be a bit under-evaluated, under-valuated, mm -hmm. because of um, it's uh, how the market m matches. Uh, of course, these companies are a bit undervalued because of the market economics, demand and supply. So, of course, this gives us this niche that a sweet spot as an investor where we, on one hand, help the women and the startups, on the other hand, have access to amazing deals at very good terms. Amazing. So how do you, uh, how do you, what, what is the change you would like to make? I mean, of course, you're already making the change by being uh, on the board of Mindshift capital, but what what else do you think is the change that needs to be made in the world? I think that I can contribute to changes that I would like to see by investing in sectors that are meaningful, and I think that's again very female that we do where we can relate uh, most to it and then put our money in sectors where we can relate most to it. Let's just talk about doesn't matter medical tech or wellness tech. I mean, COVID has shown that how important it is to have strong immunity, how important it is, the well-being, the mental well-being, um, 
And uh, we've invested, for example, in a company in Turkey that has, was the first um, wellness tech app that it developed a urine test, a home urine test. Basically, you can, oh. you can test the urine, your own urine at home with instant data about your ketone levels, your vitamin C, your magnesium, calcium, your um, uh, acidity, your oxidative stress level. And I mean, I found this pretty amazing. You don't have to leave the house and you continue your data. Data ownership is extremely important nowadays. And the personalization of data, especially in the med tech field, right? Where meanwhile, even prescriptions are for medication. Some are personalized because women are different, men are different, weight is different. And it shouldn't just be a pack of tablets. It should be according to your physics hormones, of course, with women, hormones is a big part, and your needs. And there is a lot of shift. And I mean, saying some statistics, until 1993, women did not have to be part of medical scientific research trials. Imagine. So yes. what I want to change is, and we do it by investing in a lot of medtech companies, by contributing to it. Male investors don't invest in femtech companies because they don't see the need. At the same time, from all the funds available for global medical research in women's health, only 4% go to women's health. Wow, well, I didn't know And that. we have all this, 45% of adult women say they have polycystic ovaries, they have fibrosis issues, they have all type of hormone-related issues, but there's not enough money going to it to, to let this excel and find solutions. And I think what I, the change is identifying the problem, investing in companies that can make a difference. And if I just touch some other quick bases, I think food tech, uh, what we eat, sustainability, pollution, I think clean meat, cell-based meat, which is the new tech, plant-based protein, you know it, right? In education, yes. Yes. we want to be, in, in 2020, we had 1.7 billion students learning remotely. And of course, you can see the shift in education it has to be cross-border and um, digital. So it's, there is a big need in, in investing in these companies and keep up with all these fast disruption and changes. And that's, yeah, we can only support it by, in, as I said, investing in it. That's amazing. I love it how clear you are in what you want to give back and how you want to lead with uh, your uh, passion and your uh, love, I want to say. It's, and it's I, beautiful how you have lined ha it up. Have that direction and have that, uh, I want to say, that drive to do it. Yeah, and I can also have, I have an answer on this as well. And I can tell you sometimes experience helps, right? Yes. I wouldn't have known at the age of 20 or at the age of 30, but... Again, being in a, running a company where we fly critical ill patients every day, they, my patients of tomorrow or, or next week might be healthy today. Maybe they have an RTA or they have some other accidents. And I can see how quickly life changes for people. And that all the money and all the influence that certain people help at the end of the day if you have a medical issue, Absolutely. we are all the same and there yeah. is no magic. But for me, um, it's, it's philosophy of life is use your time very wisely. Enjoy every moment as much as you can. Give back 
And whatever happens, we don't know how old we will get and how much time we have left. But I want to just be in the position where I have done what I wanted to do. I have not wasted my time with meaning for me, meaningless things. I just want to make the most out of it. And I want my kids to be proud of me and my, my family. And I don't talk too much about it. I, I am more private, but, um, but it gives me immense pleasure. And I can see that. I can see it in your energy that how uh, well uh, you are defined with your mission and your purpose and everything. So how did you get to it? Like you, in our conversation several times, you said that I love what gives me meaning. For those who you know are still finding meaning, how did you find the meaning? How did you find what gives you pleasure? Because it's very difficult for people to actually find this happiness within them, within what they do. I think the first most important part is that you're open and positive. I always say when the outlook is not good because we have some problems, it could be worse. So just forget about what was yesterday, try to move on, look into tomorrow. So Live if you today are, and look into tomorrow. Like yeah, but I mean, tomorrow. being positive, like leave problems behind you, be open. I believe you can only achieve and attract positive things that you like by being positive. I agree. Um, then I believe it's very important to surround yourself with people that lift you up. Absolutely. People who give you positive energy, like my friends, very severe hug, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. It can be small things that make a, a difference in your life. Meaningful conversations that you have with, with friends, colleagues, partners, business people even. It is just surround yourself with the right people, define your goals, your dreams. And I mean, when my, honestly, my dad didn't want to send me to university. He said, it's a waste of time and money because you're a woman, you will get married. At that time in Austria, women got married between the age of 18 and 23 in average, I think. And um, you get married, you have children. So why invest all this uh, time and money? And it was my grandmother who said, uh, she's really bright. This is my life savings. If it's about money, we have no problem. And it wasn't about money. It was just the attitude, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and for me... Same. So I didn't know that the attitude existed in Europe as oh, well. Oh, yes. Because in very India, we much face so. it very often. Very much so. Very protective. I couldn't step outside my house without my father going with me. I couldn't go alone out in the evening. My father was always with me. Very, very protective. It was like a golden cage. I appreciate because he did it in a good intention, but it also was not always easy for me. But uh, it, I know how important education is because it helped me to get where I am. And I think uh, what is also important and what I try to teach my son is the respect for women. Because it starts in Such the family. an important subject. starts in the family. If yes. they respect the mother the, and the mother can do things and just not, you know, obliged to wishes. And, and it makes such a difference. Absolutely. I agree. That's amazing. That's amazing that you think about this and you make sure that um, it, it's cultivated in your uh, sons and that starts with the mother. I have so many friends who have boys only and they say this is my only wish that they respect women for who they are. They're able to be true companions and they're able to support them with their dreams and their wishes also, not just the other way around. So that's beautiful. So then what happened when your mother, your, your grandmother told your uh, father that you will go to school? 
My father disagreed. He said, you go and uh, attend a tourism school because cooking is anyway good. Cooking, speaking languages, serving people, whatever you learn in these tourism schools. And I just uh, didn't go for that exam. I just went to the business school exam and came back and told daddy, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't do what you told me because I want to be like you. I want to run a company. I want to be in sales, in trade. I want to negotiate. This is me. And I think by telling him I want to be like you, somehow, you know, mothers and, and uh, fathers and daughters, daughters. and their rebound, it, it, you know, warmed his heart. And, and then from that onwards, he, onwards he supported me. But these are challenges in life that, that hold you back. And then if you're determined, you'll still go through it and things will fall in place, I feel. That's amazing. Such but, a beautiful journey. Mia, when I said at the age of 10, when they ask you, you know, what is your dream? I said, I want to run a company. I want to make a difference to certain people. And they all told me, Barbara, you're a woman. You're a girl. Forget oh, about it. I had this many, many times. That's when I studied law because I said, I need to learn how to defend myself. I need to be, you know, very structure, structured, analytical to, you know, know what to say when these people come to me and address me with, you can't do this, you can't do that. Actually, yeah, it's all in a way build up. But I think what is most important to listen to your inner self. Listen what to do you self. like? Yes. What is your passion? What makes you happy? And whatever you do in life, if it all looks so good on paper, but there is this inner voice that tells you something just is not right and don't do it. I think that was very important. I have learned this from the Arabs here in the Arabs world, working with the Saudis who would turn down the best deals if just the smallest thing didn't feel right. And I believe this is a very good approach. Yes, I agree. And a lot of people are not being able to, are not able to take that courage and say no. So it's so important to be able to say no and stand up for yourself. That's what I'm learning in your journey, that you stood up for yourself everywhere, which is so beautiful and that's courage, right? Yeah, but it comes with experience because I can tell you being successful also in aviation where you said it's, it's a male dominant industry or even in venture capital. I mean, we need to be confident to ask questions that might be not so comfortable for others, right? We need to say no and we still need to, uh, you know, get, get results. So, yeah, it's... If you want to grow, you have to overstep your insecurities and you have to fight any fear that you have. And I think that's also an important point. I mean, everybody has certain topics where they don't feel so comfortable and they leave it till the last moment to address it. For me, I would say for the past 10 years, whatever I have a fear or fear of failure or anything, I would start working on this first. Because then I sleep better and I work out my plan and the chances that my plan will be successful, of course, is much higher, right? I love it. You said um, overcome your insecurities and fight your fears. What beautiful learnings. And that's so important. That is like building yourself to be prepared for whatever comes and to be able to overcome whatever you have and not be fearful, not live life with fear, which... Yeah. I believe a lot of people again do. They live their life with fear and hence are unable to achieve what, they're, what they have wished to achieve. So how, like, what's your take on fear? How do you overcome fear? How do you fight fear? 
I have to say that maybe when I just got married, when I was 25, and for the first few years, my husband would tell me, you are afraid of something that might not even happen. Why? So he was a very good mentor to me in many ways. And he really gave me this experience and talked me into it. But now fear, no, fear is I am not no longer, I don't have fear. Mm -hmm. I call it a challenge. Yes. Because when you have a fear, usually you have also a choice. Yeah. And um, do I do it? Do I not do it? Then for me to just cut it down, what is the worst case scenario? Is it really as bad as we think? Then is there a backup plan, a contingency plan? What if this doesn't work? Do we have an A, B, C, D plan? But then also, we are not robots, we are humans. We can make mistakes. And if something goes wrong because we did the wrong decision, yeah, then let's reflect, learn from it and move on. Nobody is well perfect. Said. And I think this Very way well you can, uh, you know, run your fear or manage your fear that it becomes something more opportunistic, a challenge that you say, let's do it, I rather agree. than... Neglecting. So beautifully put. I love it. I love it. So what would you tell yourself um, if you met your 20-year-old self? What would you tell? What would you tell her? I would tell her Give me some time. No problem. My 20-year-old myself Enjoy life, invest in education, choose the right friends around you, don't regret, be always opportunistic, live your dream, put goals how to achieve, put, how do you say, set up a strategy how to achieve your goals. But what is very important is this um, interpersonal relationships. It's important in family lives, in business, everywhere. I just always believe that in this stage of life, we have the stress of maybe finding the right partner. Do we really like what we are studying? Uh, will we find the job that we want? It's a lot of pressure. I had a lot of pressure at that time. And I would, I would embrace it much more open if I would relive that phase of my life because everything will change anyhow. Correct. I mean, people who st start studying a certain subject end up 60% afterwards doing something differently, right? Mm. I usually like to finish what I start. I think that's very important because it's the journey, it's the experience and the learnings from it. But still, just be open. Beautiful. And what are the goals you are setting for yourself for next year, 2023? My goals for 2023 are to spend uh, a lot of time with my youngest son because it will be his last year in school. And uh, as we know, time passes very quickly. So I want to give him this foundation of uh, love and caring that a mom can give him and spoil him till he leaves. And uh, business-wise, of course, we, we have to grow and I want to also be motivate my staff, give them more training for them to be very happy, be them part, part of our growth story. On the investment side, I think it's very exciting because we're planning to invest in seven more companies, 
com constantly analyzing and reflecting, you know, who those will be. I'm very, very optimistic. And uh, I think we're in a nice uh, stage of life where we are settled where we are. But now it's, it's really about us having time for ourselves, having time for our family, streamline everything and everybody around us. So no really specific goals besides health, giving back and continue what I'm doing because that's what I like the most. Beautiful, beautiful. So what is that one value you want your children to lead their life with? If it's one value, I would say, or I would choose respect. Because respect comes with so many other nice side effects. Being diplomatic in your choice of words, being a bit emotional also in how to address certain situations. Respect, as I said, for women, for parents, for younger, for elders. I think if this goal is achieved and it's not necessarily taught in schools, as we know, not to the levels that I feel we have to do it at home, then my goal is achieved. How beautiful. And I, I so agree. Respect is something which is so needed and respecting yourself, respecting everyone around you at work, in home is so nice because it also brings with it love because it's so interconnected. And this is the part of the world, Dubai, you know, a global hub so many different nationalities. I think for my boys having grown up here was one of the biggest gifts. Multicultural uh, place with so many different people, so many different friends. And I think they really have learned a lot from it. And for me, I think this goal is, or I feel it's achieved because when my boys call me and I'm touched every time I hear it, my dear mom, then I always feel very warm around my heart. I'm like, it's just beautiful, right? I love it. I so love it. It's so beautiful to have that feeling of success as a mother, as a leader and as a, like a family with friends and everything that you have discussed with us today. I'm, I'm really, really moved and inspired by your drive, dedication and also clarity in what you want, who you are. Simply beautiful. So keep it up. Keep up the awesome work you're doing. And thank you again for being on this show. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you, Meha. It was such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. So thank you for watching this episode of the Come Life Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this show as much I enjoyed being with Barbara today. I was inspired. I learned and I was really in awe of her clarity of thought and who she is and where she wants to go. Please leave us a like. Comment, subscribe and share it with whoever needs to hear it. Thanks again. Lots of love.